Dave, happy summer. Yeah, yeah. I took the week off uh, last week, and and uh, do I sound any different? Um, you sound, uh, you sound crisper. You sound more handsome, actually. You sound more handsome. Like so, like on a scale of two point one to eight, how how do I sound? <laughs> you sound uh, honestly, you sound like a like an eight. You sound solid eight. Solid eight. 8. 8. 8. 8. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You know why? Uh. Oh, I have a guess, but why don't you tell me? Yeah, I, I upgraded my uh, work laptop to uh, Rel 8, and uh, it and that's what I'm coming to you on right now. And it was disappointingly easy uh, to do. <laughs> disappointingly, disappointingly, why? Uh, oh my gosh! Uh, it's like so. I got uh, an X1 Carbon for my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, or she got it for uh, college for next year, and it's like okay, I put it on there and. Um, and then uh, I went and I, I went to put it on and it was like, I did it on her laptop and it was like done in like 20 minutes and it wasn't like all the act shaving you have to do. N- not at all. And, you know, to register it, uh, it was like, Oh, what channels? And like, there, there was like one channel. Do you want it rally it or not? And, yeah. and, that was, <laughs> That's right. and it was like, boom and yum update works. And Oh my gosh, it was great. And uh, so I did it with, uh, my laptop as I closed out my vacation yesterday and I was, I was done like super quickly and, uh, such a great experience. It, it's wonderful. Well, that is what I like to hear. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That is great. Yeah. I did yeah, the, the, yeah. you enjoy, so you're enjoying the, uh, the channel reduction. So now you, mm-hmm. we've, uh, uh, freedom through elimination of choice is, uh, with mm-hmm. the strategy there. So instead of yeah. having you wander through a wilderness of 17 different software channels, now you just have, uh, some very clear options. Yeah, free, freedom is slavery. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have always been at war with, uh, I don't know, Windows, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, speaking of being at war, um, mm. did you see the uh, show on Netflix called Dark? I no, I did not. Yeah, so it's like I watched it like when like I never got into Stranger Things for whatever reason. It's like maybe it's like a anti um, '80s movie nostalgia thing that I had a problem with, and mm-hmm. I just had this reaction to it. And it's like, and this dark uh, show came out, and it's like, oh, this is just like another copy of that, like a derivative sort of thing, but mm-hmm. it's like in German instead. And but it's like I gave it another look because it's like I've been seeing articles saying about how great it is. There's a second season out, and uh, I, you know I started watching it, and and so it's fantastic. It's it's like it's about essentially it's about like time travel, mm-hmm. but it's not like the typical um, you know time travel sort of movie sort of thing. It's like this thing goes on and on. And it is so complicated that you need like scratch paper um, to to take notes <laughs> while you're watching it of like, wait, he's himself or that's his father and his father's, you know, and it's like, you know, it, it's just like, like all the, like, like the time travel and it's like, he's killing his grandfather and, and he is his grandfather. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's just like so good. And so I highly recommend it. My, my wife and I have been, just like binging on it over like the past couple of days. And we're like almost through the second season. It's just fantastic. Nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. Good. Um, 
Well, I got, I can make a recommendation. I recently uh, took a little bit of time off, and uh, Soren and I have been spending a great deal of time at the various watering holes in Austin. Yes. Um, I mean, literal water holes, not bars. Um, we were, <laughs> uh, so we've been swimming at you know the old classics, you know Barton Springs, and uh, made uh, a couple trips to Typhoon Texas, great big water park around here. And this put me in the market for a new towel solution. So I don't know about you, Dave, but if you go, uh, you go swimming somewhere, uh, towels are bulky. Uh, and yes. very uh, difficult to haul around. They are, they're often wet uh, mm-hmm. and unpleasant to, to pack. So um, I went ahead and bought myself some camping towels, which have proved huh? so useful. I'm now going to carry these around with me uh, whenever we go on any kind of outing. Um, they are light. They pack up very tightly. Um, they absorb a ton. Uh, they dry easily. Um, hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm sold. Uh, so anyway, my recommendation is get yourself some camping towels. Okay. This, it's not a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy bring your towel sort of. Oh, I do think about that yeah. every time I, I every time I put them in the backpack. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's definitely. Oh, you should. Yeah. yeah. D- Douglas Adams was not wrong. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a regular uh, form factor towel, but thinner or yes. like like a bath yeah. towel size. Yeah. Uh, it's a slightly bigger than let's let's say it's like a three by no four by two. Let's say. Okay. Um. And then it uh, folds up into uh, the size of, say, a paperback, a small paperback, but thin paperback book. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's a, uh, it's great. Um, so it's very thin, but for there's some plastic magic inside it, which makes it uh, absorb a ton of water. Um, oh, and then it dries uh, almost, it, almost in, it seemingly instantaneously, it dries off. So anyway, that's amazing. Stronger science, science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. So what do we got in the what do we got in, in the show today, Dave? Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, AI versus AI, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to talk about people versus AI versus people, mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk about AI versus people, and then we're going to talk about people versus people, all in that order. Nice. Uh, that, so I guess we've completed the matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've gone full cycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. So a perfect cross product of those of those topics. Okay. Yeah, yes. that's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, that's great. Well, if folks uh, want links uh, to some camping towel recommendations uh, or uh, links to uh, the dark on uh, on Netflix, what website should get, they go visit? Yeah, they want to go to dgshow.org. So D is in Dave, G is in Gunner, show.org. Nice. And uh, we were laughing about this cutting room floor uh, before, mm-hmm. we, before we hit record. <laughs> the, the last one is my favorite. But why don't you tell the folks about uh, what else is in there? Yeah. Uh, well, basically, if Telegram isn't secure enough for you, uh, I could show you how to create a secure channel over Telegram. And um, and speaking of AI, uh, for only 10 bucks, you could use AI to make your own fake UN speech. Oh, all right. Yeah. It's a bargain. Twice the price. Practical solution for modern living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what about your, your favorite here? Oh, my favorite. So this is, you found this. Um, yep. It uh, it's an attempt to create the worst user interface imaginable, uh, mm-hmm. and boy, we're, that was a rousing success. Um, mm-hmm. It is unintuitive in every way, um, and I but think familiar. The, but familiar, yeah, exactly. So I think like the magic of this, the, the I, I've said the word diabolical several times as I was clicking through it. The it provides the illusion of consistency, um, but in fact, uh, uh, it kind of suborns your almost every expectation you have about how the interface is going to behave. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yep. Is suborn the right word? Let's say it is. 
Yeah. I think I made my point. Anyway. Good. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely click through it. That's, uh, that's 10 minutes. You'll never get back going through. Yeah. That. At yeah. least I, I spent like a half hour on it and I only made it to level three. So <laughs> I tell it, tell them, tell, tell them about the captcha. Oh yeah. Like the, the captchas are, are, uh, like, uh, uh, homonyms, right. Uh, where, you know, it's like, uh, click on all the pictures of a seal or, or whatever it was. And it was like pictures of seals, but also like a picture of like a Ziploc bag seal and, you know, d- different, you know, and I was getting them all wrong and it's like, okay, I, I clicked on all the seals, but not the seals. And, you know, it's like, okay. It's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, what do you yeah. say? Should we, uh, should we jump right in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of captures, um, yeah, did you ever hear? Well, you know about uh, reCAPTCHA, right? Right. This is the uh, this is the CAPTCHA system that is actually designed to be useful, right? It's um... well, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it started off of like you know Google was digitizing books, and you could help them like a, a mechanical Turk uh, go through and and help uh, translate books uh, with optical character recognition. Um, but also get past, uh, you know, to, to prove that you're a human to see web pages and all that. So, you know, mm-hmm. you're not like a spam bot or something. And, and so they did that. Then they started doing ones with pictures of like, you know, pick all the traffic lights, pick all the crosswalks, which I guess they use to train their driverless cars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but now there's a, a technology that uh, came out from the University of Maryland called UnCAPTCHA. And it, it basically uh, is a bot that can un that can get past uh recapture. And so how does it how does it do it? Yeah. So like you know how like have you ever done it where it's like dang it I I did select all the crosswalks and why why are you what are you telling me? I I got all the fire hydrants and right. and you're just like all right the heck with it. I'm I'm just going to click the button for like the visually impaired and then it will read out a number to you. Mhm. Yeah, or or a code or something, and then you type that in, and mm-hmm. and that's largely for people that with vision uh, difficulty and all that. And so what they do, these researchers at the University of Maryland, is that they will um, they will use that approach to get the audio stream, but they will pump the audio stream into Google's text to speech engine, or the speech to text engine. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Their speech to, to text service mm-hmm. uh, to crack the uh, the those captures, and I think it's like an 85 percent success rate. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. No, 90 percent. 90 percent. Yeah. So I also, they're using basically Google's AI against it. Yeah, I, I really like that. I also like that the success rate is not 100 percent because the 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 act of translating text to speech is not the same as translating speech to text. That's yes. I, just, I enjoy that. I think it's great. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then um, speaking of Google, have you, uh, we've talked about Google duplex, I believe in previous episodes, right? Where it's like the, the, the hair salon or the restaurant and everything Um, you, you call or it, it, uh, you could, you could tell Google duplex to say, Hey, call this restaurant and um, it'll set up an appointment for you and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it winds up that, um, there's some follow-up on that where, you know, I thought that this duplex would make calls to everybody, right, of, of like the muffler shop, everybody that was, you know, Google-friendly or not. But what they actually do is uh, duplex will um, look at things like OpenTable and do like API calls and things like that and um, only call the um, 
the the people that have or only call the businesses that have like a Google profile or something like that, where mm-hmm. people can opt into those kind of calls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but um, you know, people were talking about it of like, well, does that dehumanize um, people, right? In right. terms of, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's like I, I'm too busy to be bothered talking to a human, uh, and and you know, I talked about this on the podcast, uh, uh, you know, when when we were talking about uh, Jabberbox uh, and about you know, it's like, do you want to talk to the barista, or would you rather just work, you know, go to a vending machine, a coffee. Yeah. a gourmet coffee vending machine to give you your coffee and all that. And some people want to talk with a human mm-hmm. and, uh, but yeah, so it, it does that. Um, but the reaction was from the people that have been called, uh, they actually said it was kind of creepy, but, uh, but it was very polite. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of, well, I guess kind of <laughs> superficially nice. Um, yeah. uh, what I, I wonder if the, well, I guess they would, because rep, because restaurants can opt out, I suppose it's in Google's interest. The market works, right? Like, I guess they they want mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, the restaurants themselves have a pleasant experience, so that they can, um, so that they have reason to not opt out of the Google booking system, right? Right, right. And it's it's yeah, it could be more business for them that they may be passing away, um, or Google could, you know, steer people. It's like, hey, sorry, I you know this this party won't accept duplex things and you end up picking a different restaurant mm-hmm. as a result. So here's um, here's yeah. what I wonder is, what is Google getting out of offering the duplex service? I mean, I get the stunt of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like the just the ability to say that you can. I, got, I, got, mm-hmm. I, I can get down with that. But um, Google probably already knows because you've been searching on Google. Google, I think, would already have a pretty good understanding of like what restaurants you prefer um, and what and the kinds of things you're ordering, right? Because the, you know, Gmail already has your emailed receipt for the delivery service or what have you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and they probably also know based on your calendar and stuff like that, like what the peak times for going to particular restaurants or venues are. Um, so like, I'm trying to figure out what is, what is the additional thing that they're learning by making the service available? Any ideas? Yeah. Well, my guess is that, um, there's another article I read, I'll have to dig it up, but um, the the whole business of using an assistant to do shopping is still way behind in terms of like you go to like Amazon and say I want to order toothpaste and like it's ends up like Amazon gets paralyzed in terms of well what kind of toothpaste do you want how many ounces and you know it's and mm-hmm. so there's so many you know the decision trees that you have to make as opposed to you go to the website you click the thing and all that mm-hmm. and they actually said that that's why. Um, they, they have, was it Amazon's Choice or something like that? Or, or Amazon Basics is their house brand for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And they end up using that as a default uh, for people that it's like, I don't want to spend time ordering toothpaste. I'm going to order the Amazon Basics toothpaste or light bulbs or whatever. And so they don't have to worry about brand affinity. And right. so I wonder if one of the reasons for it is to um, you know, Google wants to make the, the the spoken reservation experience easier. So by integrating that as much as possible, um, it would be in their best interest to make their uh, product more useful. Right, right. Okay, yeah, no, okay. That, that I can see. That I could understand. I'm, I'm suspicious of the explanation for the Amazon Basics brand. I, I have a feeling that um, them being able to uh, benefit from all the margin of the sale 
probably also has a little bit to do with Amazon Basics. Oh, but, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sure that fit into the calculation. But <laughs> right, right. Like even even for me, it's like I I hate going to the grocery store where it's like you're paralyzed by choice mm-hmm. of like so many things of toothpaste and so you know and then or like hot sauce or mustard or something and it's just like you spend like 10 minutes trying to find the right one or the perfect one you know yeah um and uh yeah less choice is is more is that, yeah. freedom, um, freedom is uh slavery freedom is slavery the, par- the paradox of choice they call that right mm-hmm. yep yep right. yep yeah and the other reason the other thing uh google could get out of it is a, a thing called call joy so we've we've heard of uh duplex right mm-hmm. google duplex but have you heard about google call joy no no the first time reading is is this note that you have here in the show notes mm-hmm. yep so this is the other end of the equation where instead of people calling businesses using google technology here is where you could have virtual customer service reps in businesses talking to people oh yes okay all right yeah for a flat monthly fee of 39 bucks a month um, you, it, they, what they do is it, it's, um, they basically have this virtual customer service agent that will block spam calls, provide callers with basic business information, um, and redirect them and, um, and even like do appointment booking or placing an order over SMS. Huh. Okay. So this is the, okay. As you say, this is the other end of the transaction and it's interestingly, it's targeted towards small businesses, which yep. makes sense. Those are, those are the folks who are not going to have the wherewithal to like run a call center. Right. 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 For sure. And, um, yeah, instead of it going to like an answering machine, mm-hmm. um, or a call service, you know, that, that, you know, or like think about the plumber or something where, you know, you could, um, you could actually drive more business this way or, or set up appointments or things like that and not have to have a, uh, a call service. But the, the other thing I thought about was what about wouldn't, wouldn't it be interesting to have, Google Duplex talk to Calljoy. Right. Yeah, that seems like a that seems like a logical end to this, right? Yeah, and would it speak English or like modem or <laughs> Yeah, that's, like, <laughs> that's right. All the calls start with a carrier tone. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's bizarre. Um yeah, so I thought about that. And then the other thing I thought about is that is is would this be useful for small businesses or would would like this be useful instead of you having like Google Voice or whatever mm-hmm. to have um uh call joy uh to block your spam calls to schedule appointments with you basically it's it's your own executive assistant yeah yeah exactly that's what I, that's where my mind was going i'm also noticing noticing here in the notes you you also mentioned that um the calls uh recorded calls are all encrypted and transcribed and then the transcription mm-hmm. becomes searchable um, uh, that also sounds nice. Um, and then you can also tag all the interactions with, um, the content of the call. So things like wedding hairstyles or whatever. Uh, yeah, Dave, this is it's a small businesses, whatever. Uh, this sounds like something I could definitely use in my own life. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yep. I just got to convince all of my coworkers and friends to be willing to sit in a, uh, a queue before they talk to me. <laughs> well, it depends on how the hold music is. And, and <laughs> if, it's, right. if it's good or not. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or you could have the the their duplex call your call joy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and have them sort it out. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> and you both get fired, or I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you get you get laid off, and yeah, yeah. Gunner's not here anymore. How can I help you? <laughs> Gunner is unnecessary. 
that's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and and speaking of uh, uh, you know, you know, we can't talk about entitlement and weakened empathy without talking about Uber. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we we talked about this on the the previous episode about. Um, have you have you heard about the Uber Black service having this uh, quiet mode? Yes, I, yeah, I did hear about this. Um, yuck! What a terrible decision! What a corrosive, toxic. It's just lazy. Lazy is actually what it is, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Although fully in fully on brand for Uber, right? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Lyft is doing the same thing. They call it Zen mode. Mm-hmm. I guess is a is a Happy way to put a face on that, I guess. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. And when when was the last time you played uh, Quake? Uh, last time I played Quake was in the college computer lab. I think it was quite some time ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's probably about yeah. It was like like mid nineties, maybe. Yeah, mid nineties. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. And so I guess there's a uh, one of the modes with Quake Three Arena is a mode called Capture the Flag, mm-hmm. where you know it's, it's Capture the Flag. It's like you have one team versus the other team, and then you can go and you run across the uh, arena and you capture the other team's flag. And I guess you got to bring it back, and the first one to uh, capture the flag and bring it back or whatever wins the game. And then you know you could pick off your opponents and everything. And it's all about strategy and all that. And uh, but Google's AI subsidiary, DeepMind, uh, has and they developed an AI system that has taught itself to play Quake Three Arena, that can uh, consistently beat human opponents. Cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a. Uh, I mean, I guess we're, you know, ever since Kasparov and and was it DeepMind, Deep Blue? Yeah, Deep Blue. Deep Blue, right? right. right. That was the. Um, I guess we're all kind of inert to computer. Yeah, okay, computers can beat us at chess now. That's fine. Um, but like, it's yeah. a re- that's a relatively simple game, right? Right, right. And well, it's it's sort of like, uh, yeah, checkers is is it's a a finite game. Chess is a finite game, where you have a finite number of moves that you can make. It may be a large number, but it's finite, and you could know every single move of every single chess mass match ever played, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of searching you know, uh, f- uh, quickly enough to find the right move in the, in a certain way. Uh, whereas with, I, I would presume quake three arena is more of an infinite game, um, where, you know, you can go in any different direction and all that. And, um, and, and so the, the whole thing here is it, it just ends up being, um, much, you know, it's like they ended up teaching it and it ended up, uh, to the point where not only did they, can they beat the the average player, but even like the the really like hardcore uh, gamer one? So like, so after a hundred thousand training matches, uh, FTW is what what they called it. Um, this AI system, it could beat an average human player, and then by two hundred thousand iterations, it could beat a Quake expert, and uh, and it continued to expand from there. Hmm. Wow, that's really yeah. That's amazing. Well, and also amazing because it's, you know, chess and checkers are uh, turn-based games, right? And this, and yes. uh, I presume that this is like a for real, like free-for-all, uh, yeah. free-for-all shooter, right? Yep. Um, wow. And also like, yeah. com- and your computer, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure that the AI is very impressive in a hundred thousand games, 200,000 games of training um, obviously would help it. Um, but um, also it's gotta be, you know, in a game that where your reaction time is important, 
um, it also seems that also seems relevant, right? Because a computer can definitely react to changes in the the game situation much more quickly than humans could, I guess, right? Yep. Yeah, and also the uh, the the thing too is it the way they didn't like give it, it like here are all the moves, um, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know so figure out the right move, right? right it's right. it's basically the AI was like scraping the screen to figure out or, you know, where it should go. Right. And, um, and, and it's like, Oh, I just got killed. I, you know, your goal is to live longer or your goal is to capture the flag. And so what does that mean? So you had to figure out all kinds of strategies to do it. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the article said the only time humans beat a pair of bots was when, um, the human was paired with a human bot, it was a human bot team. Huh. And, and they typically only won 5% of those matches. Oh, just because they can't, I guess because they can't coordinate well? Well, or it's like a human plus a bot is like, you know, you're going to win 5% of the time, whereas a bot versus a bot, a bot and a bot is going to win 95% of the time. Right, right. Uh, to 100% of the time. Right. Well, so it's yeah, like, well, that's like what I mean. two like bots are, are way better in terms of coordinating and, and experience. Yeah, makes, yeah, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, though, if, you know, it's, that's all fun and everything, but I wonder if there are any military applications for this type of technology. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, there's, and there are definitely not several active research projects underway right now, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, science fiction uh, episodes and, yeah, you know, all right, kind of yeah, stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 And uh, did you ever hear of the term uh, centaur? No, no. What does that mean? Yeah, so that is the the term for uh, a human bot team. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's you know like a centaur is like was it half bull, half human maybe? Um, Horse. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, so the the thought is that um, like the whole Gary Kasparov thing is that a uh, a you know a a weak a uh, human uh, plus a machine plus a better process was superior to a strong computer alone, and more remarkable, uh, strong, uh, more remarkable, superior to a strong human plus a machine plus an inferior process. Hmm. That's kind of well. That's kind of comforting, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> as long as you've got a good process, <laughs> it's very yeah. comforting. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, I was, you know, going through this, how quickly AI is, you know, uh, and this is like Andrew Yang's thing, right? Um, is like we have to get ready for the AI making us all uh, unemployed, right? Um, <laughs> and even kind of traditional problem-solving white-collar type jobs are going to be soon under threat. Um, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, yep. And, uh, but it, uh, it reminds me of, um, uh, and I think we might've talked about it on the show is that there, uh, th- there was an article, uh, written about the fact that, um, there is no fire alarm for artificial intelligence. Um, like there is no threshold that we have to hit. Like we, we will not know the moment when we have kind of crossed over into the problematic place with, uh, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. Um, like it will just 
suddenly be upon us and it will probably be upon us in a very unexpected way. And there's no way for us to know exactly how it's going to manifest itself. So that's also comforting. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep tight, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How about a, how about a palate cleanser, Dave? Yeah. So let's talk about women's fashion. Okay. I'm ready. You know, that's what we do on the David Gunner show. That's one, one part of our, it is our, uh, our area of expertise. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I remember when I got my daughter a cell phone, mm-hmm. you know, like it, the girls at high school, it's like I would see them running around. They'd have, you know, half of them are running around with uh, their phones in their back pocket of their jeans and crack screens and everything. And I'm like, Lauren, do not put your phone in your back pocket because you're, you're going to crack the screen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, She's running around with her phone in her back pocket, and I'm like, fine. I, I said my piece. She could buy a new one, and she breaks it and all that. Um, and she's done pretty well with phones and everything. But it winds up, and I don't know if you know this, that, that uh, the pockets in women's pants are inferior. Uh, yes, yes. They're comically yeah. inferior. Yeah. Yeah. Not not that I'm speaking from firsthand knowledge. This is all secondhand, right? Um, yes. And, and so the, the pockets are not very shallow. So like even like being able, so I'm like beating her up about this where, you know, I'm so used to as a guy putting my phone in my front pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it's like, it wouldn't fit in like a lot of women's, you know, slacks or, uh, uh, jeans and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. No, it's the, 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 uh, Soren's pockets are more commodious than the average, uh, women's uh, pair of women's jeans, I think. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the other thing that it just like it's it's surprisingly it it makes my daughter so happy is that when she gets a skirt that has pockets in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Oh, it's awesome. And and it's like other girls would go up to her. Other women would be like, oh, you got pockets in your skirt. And, you know, it is like they're all like high fiving and stuff. And it's like, you know, and that's something that I think as men, we take that for granted. For sure. For sure. Okay, so 99% Invisible, um, they have a spinoff podcast uh, about fashion hosted by Avery oh. Truffleman, and okay. I'll find a link to it, but there is a, if not an entire episode, there's a good chunk of one episode about the history of pockets, Okay. Oh, uh, wow. which is totally fascinating and kind of 20, 30 minutes very well spent. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and spoiler alert, basically the, the <clears throat> and the conclusion of the podcast, you will not be surprised to learn, is that uh, pockets were are kind of built in uh built into the notion of pockets is some pretty serious misogyny (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Hmm. interesting so there are people that are out there trying to like correct wrongs right and Mm -hmm. so you know you would think one way to fix it would be to just make clothes with deeper pockets but there are other people that are looking at the problem from a different angle like in terms of where where you would put your phone Mm -hmm. and um like, did you ever see, um, like, like on the old cop shows, like, uh, was it, uh, what's the one with Joe Friday and all that, uh, you know, where they're, they're in the squad room and then they have their sidearm on their, in the holster, yeah. you know, and they're wearing a suit and everything. Sure. Um, yeah. W- would you, uh, what, what if you could have a cell phone holster, uh, in that sort of manner? Uh, that's, that, that seems like exactly the kind of thing that I would get enthusiastic about. I would start using and then would get mocked mercilessly for, and then would stop using. Yeah. That's well, okay. Like well, look at, click on that, that princess needs pocket links mm-hmm. and, uh, take a look at those pictures there. Let me, let me know if, if you're like a yes or no. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right, that was fast. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Give me an immediate no. Yeah, because I, I would think you could have like in on on the like you got the two holster side right mm-hmm. where you could have your phone in one you could have uh, a notepad in the other mm-hmm. maybe yeah or just get picked on I guess or get a wedgie <laughs> so yeah. okay yeah no I uh, no I think I think let's go solve the pocket problem that's what I think yeah yeah I I think that's yeah first principles yeah. yeah. <laughs> So okay, so what what about this uh, structuralistness thing here? We we got some tyranny going on. Yeah, so the um, uh, I just wanted to. Ref- uh, it's actually well placed after after the last item um, mm-hmm. about the, the you know women being discriminated against uh, pocket and in the pocket and phone department. Um, I stumbled on this essay, which is uh, famous in certain circles, um, and it was written as an analysis of how these kind of informal. Uh, women's groups formed in the seventies, you know, like, uh, you know, small group of women, um, start discussion groups in living rooms all over the country. You know, this is, you know, this is the heyday of the ERA, um, uh, kind of 1970, 1971. Um, well, there was this woman wrote an essay talking about the, uh, how these structuralist organizations emerged and kind of their power and their limitations. And, mm-hmm. uh, it has actually a lot to say about how, uh, open source works, I think, and also how hmm. Red Hat works as an organization, um, with the, where there's, you know, uh, f- the consequences of having very flat organizations or leaderless organizations and kind of the, the negative consequences of that. Um, anyway, very thoughtful and kind of surprising to learn how similar uh, our company and open source communities are to uh, these women's feminist groups in the early 70s. That was hmm. really cool. So anyway, I, I recommend it to everybody who who is not already familiar with uh, "Tyranny of Structurelessness" by Joe Freeman. Okay, so is the contention that the structurelessness was bad, resulting in tyranny, or uh, it was uh, it is useful for a certain solving certain kinds of problems, um, but it is mm-hmm. problematic. Uh, mostly because structurelessness is kind of designed to, okay, we know it's going to be very egalitarian. We're not going to have leaders. Um, But it turns out that if you have any group of people, um, you will always have leaders. Just the leaders become informal and emergent rather than declared, Um, which means that if you don't have uh, explicit hierarchies, decision-making gets very complicated because the decision-making, you have to know all of the informal power structures in order to get a decision done. Yes. Interesting. and so, yeah, so it's, uh, I don't want to spoil the rest of the essay, but that's kind of the, that's the heart of the, the premise. It's very interesting. Or, or you just use your own chat system. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Dave, I'm going to go back to the pool. Okay. Well, hey, uh, thanks everybody for listening and thanks Gunnar and we'll catch everybody next time. All right. Thanks everyone.